Uh, I asked Brother John to come and uh, to just kind of give us a, a little bit of a rundown. And, and I think, did everybody get one of those flyers? Did everybody have a flyer that he made up? A prayer brochure. A prayer brochure, I guess it would be. Yeah. Looks, looks like everybody's going. Yep, good. Looks like everybody has one. Good. So uh, just to kind of let everybody know what's going on so that you can pray better. And uh, we really, really uh, need you to pray. Um, you know, Brother John will mention this, I'm sure, but, but not, not only that we'll have safety traveling back and forth, it's, it's a lot of, lot of hours in the air, but just that God would use us when we're over there. You know, we don't, it's, that's the whole reason we're doing this in the first place, not just to go on a, you know, a, uh, a vacation around the world or something like that. I mean, it's a third world country for the most part, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, especially over there now, you know, Ukraine and, and uh, all the stuff that Moldova and everything that's going on over there with the, you know, everything kind of being upset a little bit with uh, the things that are going on with the, with the policies with President Trump and some of these other things are, are happening kind of in the, in the region that we're going into. So uh, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of or worried about because God's in control of all of those things. And, um, you know, he, he knows what's going on and, and what we can be able to do, but that's why we need you to pray. And uh, so he's going he's gonna to show you some pictures and, and kind of give us a rundown of everything. And then when he's done with that, we're going to get uh, the three of us, we'll, we'll sit up here in the front. We're going to get all the men to come up, and I've asked Brother Matt to pray, uh, and then Brother Brian to pray for us. And then, uh, and then we'll be dismissed, and that's, that's kind of what we're going to do tonight. So, um, uh, Brother John, you come on up here, and here's the little thing there. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for this time for me to come. Keep that uh, prayer brochure. When I went on my mission trip in 2014 and in 2016, I made prayer cards from you know the Walmart thing, and, and they were I thought they were really good uh, for just a temporary thing. But when I went in 2017, I made a brochure. It was almost the identical format, and we'll go over it in a little bit. Um, you know, you don't need to be looking at it right now, but um, I do have you know. But uh, what I want to speak on just a little for a few minutes before we get into the, to the presentation is when the Lord called me into full-time ministry, um, and, and I'm a hardcore believer that God has called every single born-again believer into the ministry to be doing ministry. Whether you do it professionally or not is another story, but you're to be doing something. Pastor has said something at least I don't know, maybe eight or nine times from the pulpit that I have said for years, God saved us, and if that's all it was to be done, why didn't he just kill us and take us off this third rock from the sun, armpit of a place, to heaven where it's a whole lot better? Because he wants to use us to reach other people. And when I went into the ministry, when I left the state police in 92, I went down to Alabama to be trained for the ministry, and it was a church that was very much involved in the discipleship ministry. It's not a program. It's discipleship is the pattern of what how Jesus conducted his ministry for three years where he poured his life into people that he wanted them to follow him and they became disciples. And disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. All right? Pastor uses the term. I love it. I, I, in other churches I hear the word in, in bad translations of the Bible, I hear, the, I hear the term imitate, and I despise it, to almost, to, almost to hatred for the term imitate, because that's what Satan does. And we got people preaching in, from the pulpits that were to imitate Christ. No, we're not to imitate Christ. Emulate is a far greater word, 
follow Christ means I obey what my discipler wants me to do. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate discipler. So I got involved in discipleship ministry and have been involved in uh, churches uh, that have had an impact in my life that were strong in discipleship. And if you would turn to uh, Luke chapter 9, I just want to touch on a verse just briefly. Uh, chapter, uh, verse 23 down to 27, we're not going to cover all that, but that passage right there deals with the, uh, the cost of discipleship, what it really means to be a disciple. And in Luke 23, this specific verse to me is one of the greatest verses that describes what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And he said unto them, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he said unto them, unto them all, I mean, everybody's included in what he's getting ready to say. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We can see five things here. I'm not going to preach on this, just touch on it. It's a great message. But the first thing is, if any man, a person needs to have a desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If they're going to, have, if they're going to be effective or, or not. Secondly, will come after me. A decision has to be made whether we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and be his disciple. Thirdly, let him deny himself. Well, that's the obvious one there, the D, the denial. There has to be a denial in our life as far as to what we want, to what Jesus Christ wants ultimately. Fourth, take up his cross daily. There needs to be a dedication in our life to really following Jesus Christ. And then fifth, follow me, determination. And in this day and age, it takes a lot of determination. And when I went to Romania, my objective, my, my, ulti, my, my first and foremost objective was not to plant a church, though that was my ultimate goal. My first objective was to reach people that had not been reached. Many, I'd seen it in, when my missionaries down in Haiti when my dad was down there and I was a teenager and my dad would complain about it. And when I, in Romania and in, in other places when I went on mission trips to where missionaries would go into a field or go, go where they've been called to go. And of course, they need people to help them and they will hire other workers from another missionary's church all right, to come and, and help them. And the next thing you know, he has a building with a sign that says... First Baptist Church of Costanza. And there's 50 people standing outside on a Sunday morning that he get it's a great photo op to send back home. And how in the world can you have a church of 50 people when you've been there six months and you haven't even learned the language yet? And it happens all the time. But I was determined to go that I want to meet people that were unchurched, that had not been in somebody's church. I would not hire anybody from another missionary's church. And I had a lot of people coming because they're needing jobs. They're needing to get paid. They're looking for work. I said, no, you're, you're, in, you're in Brother So-and-So's church. You stay there. And so I, be, I, I made a lot of friends of Romanian people. It gradually over time, and it would take time. Because Romanian people, it's easy to get somebody to make a confession of faith. All right, you know, you can say, hey, can I, oh yeah, go ahead. And you go, give the whole presentation of the gospel. And they bow their head and pray and receive Christ and there's no change. Well, what you come to realize, 
Well, they're not stupid. They're not going to not pray that prayer. Well, they're orthodox. They believe what you do believe. They believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, died on the cross, shed His blood for the sins of the world, was buried, rose again, and is coming again. They believe all that. Now, the orthodox religion is almost verbatim. Now, every orthodox will be offended if they hear me say this, and every Catholic will be offended when they hear me say this. But it's almost verbatim, almost the same. Now, the orthodox reject the Pope in Rome. They don't have a Pope. They have um, um, church fathers from, their, from whatever particular, whether it's Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Romanian Orthodox, uh, whatever Orthodox they are, they'll have their church fathers, which is their leaders. The, the priest, what the priest says, has priority over written Scripture. And um, they're not as big into Mary worship, though they still have a bit of the Mary. They don't have any statues or anything. It's like because the Ten Commandments said, us, you're not having graven images. So that's why they say, oh, we're not like the Catholics. The Catholics are in sin. Because they got all these little figurines. They don't have any figurines. Now, what do they do have? They have paintings of all the church fathers and all the icons, what they call them. And they worship them and they pray to them like they pray to, like the cows pray to, you know, every, all the other saints and um, ultimately demons. But um, it takes time to, to win people, not, not to Christ, win people to the point that you have the influence that they will listen to you break down their belief system and what they believe. And, and, I, and I could have put in probably here 200 pictures of different people, and it would, it would take me anywhere between 2 to 10 or 15 years before somebody really got saved. The, um, there's, a whole, there's a whole two sets of family that are they're, they're pretty much all... They've all died now, but they got saved. I need to catch myself because when you pour your life into some people, it can have an emotional impact on you. Um, they're gone off, and, and they're with the Lord now. I don't have them because I'm not going to be dealing with because they're gone. Um, but um, once, they, once they get saved, then, it takes, then it's time to disciple them. And basically what I'm talking about as far as have Bible studies and teach them the Word of God. And that's going to be hopefully what I desire to do with some of the folks down in Costanza. We'll see some pictures here. What Pastor Cameron and Joel will be doing is they're going to be picked up, and we'll see that, and I can get into it here in a little bit. Uh, let me go ahead and have just a quick word of prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this time Pastor has given me. I pray be with me now as I speak about the trip. And uh, give me the words that you'd have me to say. And Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for your example of discipling and pouring your life into these men when you were here for three years, that they would continue to follow you and continue to carry on your work. Lord, I love you and I need you. And in Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. I believe without any question the way Pastor is, the way he is today, and the way Brian is the way he is today, and some of the other family members is because their mom and dad poured their life into them and discipled them in the Word of God, plus other people in their lives that discipled them. And it's the same way. One of the things I was more concerned with, with raising my three kids, was that they had more of a fear of God than they had of a fear of me, that they had more of a concern about the, what the Word of God said than what they had about me, than what I did. Now, in the meantime, they still have to fear you at some point because you have to get to that point. But when they become teenagers, you hope 
that they're going to fear God and fear the word more than mom and dad because I'm not going to stand in judgment over them one day. And, um, and I hope that's what I've done. And so when it comes to believers that you went to the Lord, you want to get to the point where uh, the word of God is their authority. And in so many churches, that's not the case. Even in good churches, that's not the case. In a lot of good Baptist fundamental churches, a lot of times you can pick up on that the pastor, his education is superior than the Word of God. That what he was taught, he's not going to bend because that's what he was taught. And a lot of people go to seminaries and they come out of there a worse Bible believer than they did when they went in there fresh. But... Um, we got, a, we got a trip going to Romania, Republic of Moldova. I will not be going there. I went there in uh, the last three trips that I went was in 2014, 2016, and 2017. And uh, if you would, let's go ahead and just go over the uh, prayer card a little bit. You see the, th the, the, three, the four mugs on the front are uh, those are who are going. You have the prayer list on the back. You have at the bottom there the map that we'll look at in just a moment when I, when I bring the map up here. On the inside, you see the itinerary. Uh, Josh is all excited when he found out we were flying Turkish Airlines. Apparently, he's flown Turkish Airlines. When I was uh, researching to do it in 2014, I came across a good plane ticket. I said, there's no way in the world I'm going to go Turkish Airlines. I don't want to go with a bunch of goats and chickens and stinky and smelly and all. <laughs> and, uh, and that's exactly what I thought. I'm serious. And I told Marios Kichidian about it. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, they're, 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 they've been the top-rated airline in Europe for the last 10 years. I said, you got to be kidding. He goes, no, I'm not. Look it up on the Internet, and I did. He goes, I just flew them to Belarus, and it's the best airline I've ever flown. So I went ahead and, and flew them in 14, 16, and 17, and they were phenomenal. They were really good. And one of the great things about them is they allow you to have two check bags. None of the other airlines do. And that's a lot of money saved right there. But you're talking about like $200, $250 for another additional bag when you can have two checked bags. Um, so we're going there. The only thing is it has to be Islamic food compliant, but they still have some chicken dishes and whatever. Um, on the inside, uh, you, uh, you see that MD is Moldova. I mean, you, can, you can read all this kind of here as far as the timeline of what, what each thing's going down. But at the very bottom, I want you to look at pray for continued spiritual growth and belief in correct Bible doctrines in Romania. And these folks here, Yona Menike, and we'll see pictures of these folks here. And then over here, pray for Spirit, the Holy Spirit's conviction and salvation uh, in Costanza as far as those folks. And we'll see them here in just a moment. But that's just kind of, if you keep that, it's kind of like a prayer card, prayer brochure to keep it handy. Next Sunday morning, I will not be here. I'll be going down to Holly Hills Baptist Church, the last church we came from, that sent us out to come be involved in the ministry here. The last two times I went in 2016, 2017, the Lord did some great work, not only in my life, in my heart, but I saw him do work that I've just, I had never really experienced before. And I know without a doubt that Holly Hills Baptist Church, they have a number of senior citizens that are serious about praying. And they were praying for me like you would not believe, and I knew it. And that's why I, I went to Pastor um, uh, Randy Blackwell about a month ago and said, listen, I'm not looking for any money. I just want to be able to just come in and just get it. You know, some of the folks have given some money from Holly Hills uh, to the mission trip. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And he, he had me come in this uh, coming Sunday. It was, a, it was the best time for him to have me in. 
because I want those folks to be praying for us. But I'm telling you, we need to be prayer, not only for safety. I'm not worried about the safety. I mean, if the plane, I was telling Cameron this morning, you know, as far as the plane, I would, if the Lord is going to kill me young, for my wife's sake, it'd be nice if I was on duty because of the amount of money that she would get. But other than that, I would much rather be killed on a mission trip doing something for the Lord than going to a ball game and killed in a car wreck. You know, just, just think about it. So I'm not worried about dying. If the plane goes down, we're, we're toast. I mean, that's it. So I've never worried about the planes or whatever. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, October 29th, it's a week from Tuesday, we'll be, we'll be going up to uh, Dulles Airport to fly out directly from Dulles to Istanbul, from Istanbul to um, <coughs> Bucharest. The uh, purpose and objectives, you can briefly see that there as far as preaching, teaching, and, and all that, and that's, what, that's the main thing, but, or not the main thing, but in my heart, this bottom one here, as a team to collectively, collectively the four of us, Encourage, edify, and challenge the national pastors, their families, workers, brothers, and sisters in Christ. And then the bottom one here, as a team to do ministry together, to be challenged ourselves, to grow stronger in our faith and holiness, and to seek God's will and plans in and for our lives. That's what my heart is as far as for the four of us, and we're going to see God work not only through us, but you'll be, you'll be surprised on what we'll learn from the people there. And how they'll affect us. The uh, oh man, my word! How does this thing go? Okay. Right. We, we know it's a, the project or the uh, missions project team. One of the reasons why I went ahead and put this thing together is to have it on file, as far as evidence. Okay, what what was this thing here? Was it a vacation? No, this was our objective, and this is what we did. So it's kind of just to keep it in a file. Uh, on the back there, you see that little map you got here. We fly in here to Otopen. It's just north of Bucharest right here. Yona Monica, or I don't know if Monica will, but Yon will pick me up, and we'll travel here, this uh, Autobahn-looking thing, over here to Costanza. I'll be here for a week. Yon, or uh, Mario Schicci-Dion will pick up Pastor um, Cameron and, and uh, Joel, and they'll go up here. Looks like an Autobahn there. They'll go up here, oh, through Ploiesh, up to Brajov. Right, they'll spend the night there. Then they'll go over here, past Galatz. This blue line here, as you see, you go right inside um, uh, Moldova, there to uh, Rumiensev, uh, Moldova. This is the uh, Romanian version of the Autobahn. It's the A2 between Costanza and uh, Bucharest. The speed limit, legal speed limit is 82 miles an hour. The normal speed limit is about 95 to 105. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and of course, you know, depending on what car you're in, you're, you're kind of like doing the 90 mile an hour, and then, shoom, man, you see that BMW? Yeah, I like to... Shoom, you see that Audi? Yeah. <laughs> this is what most of the roads look like here. In, in a, every once in a while you come up on a hay wagon or whatnot. Uh, this picture's here to let you know that we do have cool stuff to drink over there as well. 
So it's like, oh, man, I can't wait. I'd love to eat at least 10 bowls of this. This is a chorba de perichuara, sweet, uh, sour, sweet, sour meatball soup. And it is phenomenal. Uh, yes, ISIS does have private hospitals, and there's one in Costanza. I came around the corner here in 2017, and I thought, you got to be kidding. It's not ISIS, but I was like, who in the world would name the, school, or the hospital ISIS? So I, I don't, I really, I don't know what it means. I know it's not ISIS, the terrorist group, but it's like, let me take a picture of this. In Costanza, uh, I may be preaching at New Life Baptist Church. I don't have anything set up. It's just when I show up there on Sunday mornings, oh, can you preach for us? So I'm, I'm you know, it's possible. But uh, I'm hoping to disciple, encourage, and edify in the faith. The folks that you see on the back of that are on the inside there at the bottom. Visit many lost friends like the Ventila family and uh, retired police officer. Claudio Miniosu in visit with sisters Putia and Felicia. We'll see a picture of them in the mountains that received Jesus Christ 2017. This here is at uh, New Life Baptist Church. They had me get up and I uh, gave a testimony. It was in 2017 as far as what the Lord had done for that week of that discipling that I had done with those five people that Karen and I had led to the Lord in 2016. Uh, Yona Monica Madorcha. Uh, we met them in 2002 through Gabriel and their son, Kata, and uh, eventually led to them in the Lord. In uh, 2004, Karen and I discipled them. I baptized them in 2004. And uh, they're like one of our dearest, closest, like they're almost like family. They're closest friends to ours. And um, sweet, sweet couple. This is 2017 when I over, went over and visited them. And uh, I want to encourage them. These three folks here, uh, it's, it's friends of Monica. Uh, she, uh, the middle lady is Vicky. And these are her two twin children, Andre, uh, Andre and Andrea. And they were 14 at that time. And uh, Monica had wanted me to talk to her friend, Vicky. And uh, we led her to the Lord and then led her children to the Lord. And this is in 2016. And they're one of the major reasons and two other folks that the Lord really burdened me because I hadn't planned on going back in 2017, didn't want to go. But it just it got to the point where just the Lord didn't give me a choice and he just opened the door for, the, for these three folks here and for two other people to disciple. This in 2017 when I went back and I had some discipling time with them. I created a discipleship book of 20 lessons and I wasn't planning on going through all of them. I just wanted to go through at least two lessons with them. Wanted to get them a clear grounding, grounding in their salvation and in eternal security. The eternal security is one that even the Baptists over there, most of them, like a lot of people you'll be teaching on Saturday, majority of them won't be believing, won't believe in eternal security. And, and Marios has been teaching it. So I mean, it's just, you know, that's just the way it is. It's a Baptist union, and, and it's just, you know, it, it's, it's been that way for decades. Um. Yona Monique definitely believe in eternal security. But uh, this young man I led to the Lord in 2005. His name's uh, um, Adrian. And uh, he was, I mean, I know he got saved. He was pumped. He went home and told his mother, and she was furious. And, and has a lot of control over him. He's like he, he's 37, 38 now. And um, got a hold of him. His mother kept me away from him in 2016. Uh, Yon got a hold of him. He was excited about meeting me, and we had a discipleship time, and he had a great time there that day when we were going through some lessons. 
and um, had another plan to meet him two days later. Mother dominated it. Couldn't get back with him. I, I don't know if I can uh, get a hold of him again or not. Um, oh, brain freeze. This is in 2016. I met him in 2003. His daughter and one of my daughters were together in a class. And uh, this is his second wife. But um, uh, this is Mircha Grigore. And uh, she had a funny name. Erilena um, is his wife. He kept me away from her on my trip in 2014. Didn't want me near her as far as giving her the gospel. Um, we go back in 2016, and I'm figuring it's going to be much of the same thing, that he's not going to let me, you know. But then he goes, no, 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 let's get together. So we went to lunch, we all went to dinner, and um, Karen is very, very allergic to cigarette smoke. I mean, I can come home from work, and she can smell it and start getting a headache just off my uniform. We sat down, and there was just, and, and of course, just smoking everywhere over there. And there's just a cloud of smoke, and it didn't phase her, which really surprised me. We sit down there, and he at the first thing, this is in 2008, first thing he asked me, he goes, so, tell me, what's the difference between um, evangelism or something else that just floored me? And I was dumbfounded. Well, come to find out, Arielena had gotten saved two months previously and had been working on him. And so when we finished dinner, we went back to their, ho their not their hotel, we went back to their apartment sat down and led him to the Lord, and he got saved here in 2000, this, right that night, right a few minutes later, we had this picture taken. He's uh, in shipping in the port there in Costanza. And uh, when I went back, he, he and his wife, Arielena, is, is the other two that the Lord just really laid on wanting to get back there in 2017 and disciple. This looks like some pose. It's not a pose. It's just I haven't taken a picture, and he was writing a question. He was writing something down, looked up to ask a question, and I snapped the picture. He wasn't posing for me. It just looks like it. But uh, we had a great discipleship time there um, and hoping to get back with them again. They're, they're wanting to get me to get with them and uh, hoping to do that. I mean, this is her baby, new baby girl. She's now 28 months, I think. They ordered some stuff from some store in London and had it shipped to me to bring over to them because it's cheap. You got them, got them a 25% discount on everything they ordered as far as clothes for the baby that they couldn't get in Romania. So I'm bringing stuff over for them that they'll pay me back. This is in 2003. It's Donna. Donna and Karen became very good friends. She's an ag agnostic for uh, a long time, would never listen to the gospel. Let her husband, who's a shipping captain uh, of the big um, industrial ships all over the world, transport ships, and her daughter and Holly were in kindergarten, a kindergarten school, were in kindergarten together, and they became good friends. 2014 went over, and I was stunned for the first time. I was able to sit down and present the gospel to her, and she bowed her head and received Jesus Christ as her Savior. Whether she got saved or not, that's just a, only the Lord knows. Um, I wanted to try to disciple her. We got together, and this is in 2016, and had a great time. And, you know, she just loves us to death. Her husband, um, uh, Ovidiu, uh, I, I rarely get to see him when we do. It's, it's a great time. But he, he received Jesus Christ, I think it was in 2005. 
uh, this is um, Meniosu couple, Steliana and uh, Claudio. Claudio is a retired Costanza police officer under communism. Devout, devout Orthodox. Led her to the Lord. She, she's the, they're, they're very good friends of the Medorches. Led her to the Lord in 2004, in 2005, and uh, presented the gospel to him, and he was like hooked. I mean, just, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, just, it just laid it out there, and he's just stunned by it, but wouldn't pray, went to his priest to ask him questions. It's been a dead end ever since. Been a dead end ever since. And, uh, but he still just wants to get with me every time and just, you know, we have a good time. Their daughter died when she was 12 years old. And that's one of the reasons why he's so devout Orthodox. And he, I think he's concerned about how that will affect just all kinds of different stuff. It's very disappointing. But hope to get with them. This is a traffic cop, uh, Christy Vintila. Uh, met him in 2002 when we first got to Costanza. And uh, we became friends. His daughter and um, Holly played together. They didn't go to the same school, but they would play together on occasion. And uh, we became pretty good friends. But he's, he's also devout Orthodox. He and his wife, Flory, uh, when I say devout Orthodox, they're just committed. They're, they, don't li- they don't live godly, let me put it that way. But um, they're serious about being Orthodox people. And... Um, they had never listened to the gospel, and, and they did finally in 2017 when we came back from going out to lunch or to dinner together one night, and it was after uh, Deer uh, Deermeyer got killed, and, and we're over there in the car, and, and I told him, he, go, he said, how you been doing it? I said, listen, I said, it's been rough. I told him about the different troopers have been killed, and, um, and it's like, you know, these guys are gone, and I just used that opportunity. Just, and I didn't wait to ask, hey, can I present the gospel? I just laid out the gospel. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're going you know, nodding their head like, you know, yeah, we believe you. Yeah, we, we agree with you. But because most Orthodox people, their mentality is, hey, we believe the same thing. What's the problem? You know, we're Christian. You're Christian. And, and it's, it's got to break down. What, what they believe ultimately is that the whole gospel plan as far, as far as Jesus Christ, was just something that God did for us to help us earn our way to heaven. It's not our, the only way you get to heaven. It's just something he did to help you get to heaven. So they believe the whole gospel, they say. This is in 2016. We got together. This is their daughter, uh, Bianca. She goes to a university in uh, not in London, but in um, outside London in in England, and uh, she's the same age as Holly. But uh, we're uh, it's amazing, you know. For for years, Romanians would never smile when getting a picture taken, and, and now it's like you know, I can't, I'm kind of shocked. Chris even smiles on camera now. This is in 2017. We got together. And it was after this dinner when they were dropping me off at the Mordorch's uh, place uh, that I just laid out the gospel plan of salvation to them. But uh, I'm hoping to get hook up with them again and just pray that the Lord will give me the opportunity and they'll be willing to listen. This is uh, Putia, and I can't, it's the names, I, I can't remember the name of the other sister, 
she is, I think she's Putia 86, and that's her sister 82. This is in 2017. They're related to, um, they live up in uh, Morayen, up in the mountains. And they're related, uh, I think they're cousins or something, to uh, Monica. And um, uh, Monica wanted, to, wanted me to go up there when they were taking me up in, in 2017 up to the, to the um, I was there for two weeks, but I spent most of the whole time down at Costanza to disciple those five people. So they're taking me up to visit for a couple of days with um, uh, Marios and, and Laura Kichudian. So they stopped by here, and I came to realize she wanted me to go there to witness to them. And, and I, I laid out the gospel, and it was, a, it was a prime time because they were sick of their priest and the corruption that was going on in the Orthodox Church. It was ideal, laid out the gospel, and I said, you know, do you, do you want to receive it? Yes, yes. And, I, and, of course, by this time, I've got it to where when they pray, they knock, they knock, I have knocked out every single leg. I reject what my priest says. I reject what, you know, what I believed in the past. I reject that I get to heaven by my church. I reject that I get, I mean, I go through the whole list. I reject all this and only accept Jesus Christ as the way to get to heaven. And, uh, and they, they, I was stunned when they, were, they both prayed it. And uh, she is, she's sick. She's very sick. She was laying down when I got there. So that's why she's, uh, she looks ill because she's feeling ill. Um, and I was ended up taking one of my Bibles that I just bought there, great translation, back to the States. I'm thinking, why am I taking this brand new Bible back to the States? I need to leave it here. Didn't know I was bringing it until I got to Morayen, led her to the Lord, and realized, I, I, was making, I was telling Monique, I said, listen, you need to get one of the Bibles that I left down there. You need to get it up to them so they can read it. And then finally, Dom, I got a Bible I was taking. I didn't know I was bringing it back to the States to start with. Went out to the car and brought it in and gave it to her. Whoa, what in the world is this thing? Okay, continuing on. Romeo and of the Bible Conference. Pastor and Cameron and Joe will go there. Uh, Pastor, uh, they arrive, they'll be leaving on Thursday morning. Uh, to go into Moldova that Thursday night. He'll be preaching in some village church somewhere. I don't know the name of the village or the church or anything. Uh, Cameron, I need you to be a cameraman, okay? Make sure you get some photographs. Um, not just pastor waxing eloquent, all right? But just, you know, the people in the building and if there is a building or the house or whatatnot and just people in it. Uh, then on Sat And then this fr uh, Thursday night, Friday night, then on Saturday, there's a Bible conference, four sessions. They'll, have, they'll, do, they'll do a meal. And then um, out of that Christian encourage, challenge uh, senior pastor Alexei Advahov. His son, who's the assistant pastor, will not be there. He's in Germany with his son that has a brain cancer, and his wife is there with him. And uh, we need to be praying for them. But it's uh, Evgeny, which is the equivalent of Andrew in English. This is the meal that they had ready for Marius and I when we showed up. This is at the pastor's house. And he, he butchered, he killed and butchered a pig the day before just for me showing up. And, of course, they used it for the Bible conference when I was there in 2016. But uh, they, it, it, that was some good eating there. It, I mean, it's like, oh, is it? no, it was really good. This is the church here on the right. It's a former communist uh, official building in this village, only village. There's like two roads. There's the main road, dirt road that goes this way, which I hear has about 200 feet of paved road now that the kids can play on their bikes and stuff. Uh, they, they did it this year, and then this dirt road here. 
and then there's a couple roads there, it's like a couple blocks. But um, the pastor lives about three houses behind me on the corner. His house is there. You guys will be staying in here. There's some uh, beds in there. They, got, they built a shower. Built, and they did a lot to re you know, Marios over the years with uh, different churches in, in Europe help uh, do some remodeling here. But this is um, Bethel Baptist Church. And th this is Evgeny right here, the assistant pastor's uh, older son. He's the assistant pastor there. Uh, this is at the, uh, the end of the Bible conference for uh, three days, I believe we had. And uh, this is like two-thirds of the people that were there by the time I realized, hey, we need to get a picture. This is a family that goes to that church, and that's his, uh, that, he doesn't have a vehicle. That's his vehicle that he has there, two little kids. They live about 1,000 feet further up. You see the house, the, the church was on the right, further up the road. They live on the right-hand side. Sweet couple. This is the pastor here, Alexi, with a pen. That's Mario's waxing eloquent about something. And, and uh, I believe, like, on, uh, I think they should do maybe one big meal at lunchtime with, with everybody that comes to the conference. The, the youth sang a song there. This is an impromptu. Uh, I know these guys here, they may be all from Brajov that came to the conference. I know he's a police officer from Brajov. When I saw this picture, when I put it in here, it was the first time I realized I I've known Marios for 20-something years and didn't know he played a guitar. And I just looked at it, wait, he's playing a guitar. Uh, this is a family that goes to that church there, and that's their means of transportation. Family of three, at least now, they might have more. This is in 2016. We'll all meet back in Brajov on Tuesday or Wednesday of the following week. Um, and we'll, this, uh, this church in the background, that's probably one of the sites we'll visit. It's called the Black Church, the Lutheran Church. It burned like 400 years ago. Think about when you go there and visit, America's baby compared to some of the sites we visit there that's like four, five, six hundred years old. This is literally not a real Dracula, but the Dracula that's created, this is his castle. Vlad, uh, Vlad Sepesh is where he lived. We'll visit that too. That's in Braun. This is uh, Castle Pelesh. German prince came down to rule over Romania there at the beginning of the 19th century. And uh, that was just, it's a fascinating place to live in. I think a couple movies were made there. This is Hope Baptist Church. We'll be there on uh, Saturday and Sunday of the second weekend. This is in 2016. This is a pastor there, Dr. Claudio Preda. That is the younger brother of Laura, Marios' wife. Uh, he's the pastor of the church there. This man right here is the children's pastor. And Marios is the missions pastor of this church among, and I think it's, that's not his main, his main ministry is uh, mentoring ministries Eastern Europe. And his next slide is in 2016. What happened in 2016? In your life? What, 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 what was the date? That's me at Wax and Eloquent. I'm in the middle of preaching. 
about I wouldn't be involved in a church unless it was serious about winning people to Jesus Christ and really wanted to grow. And when I preach that, when, I, when I'm saying that to these people, the Holy Spirit is at, speaking to me and says, where are you at, John? And it was, a, it was a turning point in my life that brought me to the point. And the Lord still had to do a lot of work in my life and heart to where it brought me here. The, um, I speak uh, Romanian pretty good. I can lead somebody to the Lord. I can, I can go through the plan of salvation. But uh, Romanian language in the Bible and big words and all, and when you're, you know, and I can even, you know, give testimony and speak as far as in Romanian and all, but when it comes to a big group of people and you're wanting to just flow, it's when it's like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to rack my brains here for the next, you know, five months before I go to preach one message, I'll use a translator. Uh, but before I left, before we came back to the States in 2007, I was preaching in Romanian, but that's because I had time to get all the message developed and that kind of thing. But um, you've got the uh, prayer brochure. Keep it handy. Be praying for us on a daily basis. Uh, not only for you know, the people over there, but just for the Lord to work in all our lives. You'd just be amazed at what the Lord will do uh, in all four of our lives and hearts as far as what we experience, how we minister to people, and just having a heart to minister to people. And, and, and the biggest thing... Um, and I don't, I don't think for the most part we shouldn't, but just guard against being too, you know, I'm American, I got it together, because it's easy to do that, to, to lord it over somebody, anywhere in the world, lord it over that you're American. Because people will treat you like royalty because you're American. And just making sure that, you know, especially me, making sure I have a humble heart, um, and that I'm just, you know, with the Lord, I'm no better than they are. As far as people in the ministry, as far as, you know, what, what the Advaho family goes through and, and the difficulties of life that they have are far greater than what we go through. And, and they're doing the ministry there. And, um, but uh, Romania is not third world anymore. They've, they've become a long way. I was stunned when I went back in 2014 on the, the incredible advances compared to when I left in 2007. I, I was blown over. What is more like third world, it's really, it'll be kind of like, man, is Moldova. They're, they're like about 15 years, 20 years behind um, Romania. But uh, Romania really took off when they got in, accepted into the European Union. And they were able to get then a lot of money from the, the world banks and stuff like that to do uh, internal uh, work and that kind of stuff. But um, if anybody has any questions, text me. We'll be able to, you'll be able to communicate for the most part. Um, mainly, it's going to be whenever we get Wi-Fi, and we can just. Yeah, I pretty much communicated the whole time through uh, Messenger with Karen or anybody else. And everybody kind of knew what was going on because I was always posting something on Facebook as far as each step or whatnot was going on. But uh, I don't think I called. Karen, one time, the, you know, the, the two weeks I was gone, we, were just, we communicated to all the time with text or whatever. So you can still get a hold of us if we need to. But uh, praying over us, it'd be great. If uh, men that come up, if you just put your hands on us when who's ever praying.